Hello, my name is Rebecca May Johnson. I'm a writer and cook, and this is my substack. This week's newsletter is an account of a TV dinner with Colombo. Eating notes, listening and reading notes. Colombo in Rome. Nothing can happen in this country until someone sells something. We have advanced salesmanship to a creative art. Colombo, Double Exposure, 1973. My friend Rachel recently begun watching the TV series Colombo from the first episode after reading the passage about Colombo and eggs in my book. While we were in Rome, she invited us over to watch an episode with a Sunday meal in her flat. And when we arrived, a TV had appeared in the kitchen on a little rolling stand next to the table. The table became a cinema. We made the dinner together. I sat at the table and did what Rachel asked. When I was handed two garlic cloves, I guessed I was being asked to make a dressing for Punterelli. I have made it several times. Two garlic cloves pounded in a pestle and mortar, then five or six anchovies added two, then, a six, then six or so tablespoons of olive oil mixed in, then a little lemon and a little red wine vinegar for acidity. I like the dressing for Punterelli to be sharp and quite garlicky. In restaurants while we were in Rome, we tasted a few different styles. Sometimes the dominant flavour is anchovy, sometimes garlic, and at one restaurant in the Jewish quarter, it was over overtly vinegary, which I also liked. I peeled beetroots too. The menu for Rachel's TV dinner was... Radicchio tardivo in white sauce, potatoes roasted with rosemary, beetroot salad, punterelli alla romana, then chocolate starch pudding served warm with whipped cream and oranges that had been uh, segmented and had their pith removed. The chocolate pudding, budino, was just wow. While we ate this feast of vegetables, we watched Double Exposure, an episode of Colombo in which, quote, subliminal marketing guru Dr. Keppel intercuts an advertising film with images that cannot be consciously seen to influence a man to feel thirsty and go out in search of water. When the man stands at the water fountain, Dr. Keppel shoots him. Keppel, who is freakishly slick and whose field of work is indicative of his love of control, tries to impose his narrative onto Colombo. But Colombo knows that those who speak with such assured authority are usually guilty. And like a weed, he finds improbably small cracks in Keppel's narrative edifice and keeps creeping until the whole thing falls down. At the end, Colombo uses subliminal cuts to influence Keppel into exposing the place he has hidden the murder weapon. Hubristic, even when the game is up, Keppel grins maniacally as he realises Colombo used his technique to solve the case. Colombo's apparent lack of knowledge of the proper way to conduct himself around money and power is maddening to the men he topples in almost every episode who speak in management aphorisms or the language of wine snobs. 
in the way that Colombo can become almost anything to me when I think about it enough, e.g. an egg, as I suggest in my book, I began to think of the ways in which Peter Falk's Colombo is like a weed in Rome, toppling and dislodging the grand buildings of authority. The appeal of Falk's portrayal of Colombo is as a shabby figure who refuses respectability and power in its various guises. Ironic, of course, given that he is a cop. In contrast to Turin, where we stopped off on our way home, R Rome is full of weeds. They are truly everywhere, even in the centre of town. It's a city of ancient buildings ruled over by cats and unsettled by weeds. The interruption of its grandeur in this way, its Colombo-like dishevelment, makes the city feel accommodating to me. Eating Notes A slice of radicchio and walnut pizza from Passi into Staccio, Rome. Delicious. A meal from a tavola calda eaten in the flat. Spinach and ricotta cannelloni. Peas with bacon. Breadcrumbed meat patties. And tomatoes stuffed with rice and potatoes. Everything was really well seasoned and well cooked. Pizza rossa with mozzarella and pizza with potato. Two cappuccini and a frappe or a fried carnival pastry dusted with icing sugar, which I dipped in the coffee. From Il Forneretto di Trastevere, which I really like. After walking along Porta Portuese Market in the rain, the longest market I've ever been to, we bought two etched wine glasses from the market for a euro each. We ran out of olive oil and I cooked pasta with sun-dried tomatoes revived in some hot water, toasted pine nuts and garlic in butter. A final dinner with Rachel and Vincenzo before we got the train home of broccoletti and sausages with mashed potato. We played the drawing game Exquisite Corpse several times after eating with Luca. Listening and reading notes. I made a list of songs I listened to in Rome and shared them via Spotify on the newsletter. I read 4.5 books while I was away. Alexander Chi, How to Write an Autobiographical Novel. Sally Rooney, Normal People. Joan Didion, South and West. Otessa Moschweg, Lapvona. And half of Stephanie Bishop's The Anniversary on the Train Home. I enjoyed all of them very much and felt renewed in my ability to take pleasure in novels. Very, very brief thoughts. In Alexander Chi's book, which is a collection of memoir essays, I liked his writing about a childhood holiday, tarot, and about learning to write, especially his complication of the concept of the autobiographical novel. Sally Rooney, whoa, she can write a novel. Joan Didion, my God, even her notes for an unwritten piece contain some of the finest sentences I have read. Very precise observation of people to portray a place. Lapvona brought me back to my academic roots studying smutty medieval German literature and felt like an accurate portrayal of the obscene political moment in which we now live. Stephanie Bishop's The Anniversary, out in March, is a very addictive read 
a fever dream about a writer getting everything they want and living out all their nightmares at the same time. It is so smart on so many things, though at times alarming to read when one is a writer and has just published a book. Two food-related quotes from Didion and Moshvig. Quote, I also learned from the neighbourhood children to eat raw potatoes dipped in the soft dust beneath the house. Joan Didion, South and West. If he saw someone begging on the road, he'd throw them a grape or an apricot. He didn't like fruit himself. The sweetness was too heartbreaking for him. Atesha Moshveg, Lapvona. Thanks for listening.